Good morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever time it happens to be when you're listening to this. The inaugural episode of Ritual Realities here at Bethel Congregation in Baltimore, broadcasting on the Bethel Podcast Network. My guest today is Rabbi Stephen Schwartz, Senior Rabbi here at Bethel, and of course I'm Ben Kreschel, Ritual Director here at Bethel. Rabbi, welcome. Ben, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this maiden voyage, so to speak. Very, very exciting, and uh, what a better time to do it right before Hanukkah, which of course is what we'll be talking about this uh, afternoon uh, here, and uh, I don't know what excites you about Hanukkah, but I happen to love it. It's a great holiday, lots of fun things about it, of course, menorah lighting, candles, um, dreidel, dreidel. dreidel, love love me a good game of dreidel, but also, of course, the food. You can't talk about a Jewish holiday without talking about the food, and of course, central food for Hanukkah is latkes. Big fan, Rabbi? I am a big fan of latkes, uh, part, in part because I'm just a big fan of potatoes in general. So any way I can get potatoes, whether baked, fried potatoes, roasted potatoes, or potatoes in latke form, I'm more than happy. Sign me up. Yeah, but you know, original latkes were made from cheese. Yes, that's true, and I'm glad I live in this day and age <laughs> when they're made properly. I love a good lucky too myself, potato or cheese. Uh, what do you like to put on them? You you an applesauce guy or you a sour cream guy? So I'm a little controversial in uh. the latke topping categories. Actually, just talking to my wife, Gail, about this the other night. She was a little surprised to find out that I don't put anything on latkes. I'm a latke purist. I just want the potato, so no applesauce, no sour cream, just latke. Stam latke. Stam latke. That's it. I, I am flabbergasted by this now, <laughs> <laughs> a little brisket on the side doesn't hurt. No, no, never, never, never hurt. Wow, I'm, I'm. How about you? Very you're, you're, yeah. Let me, let me guess. Hold on. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking your sour cream. I do like sour cream, but also I like applesauce. As you know, one of my favorite scriptural quotations is "Tovayim hashnayim min ha'echad." Two is always better than one. Why can't you have both? But if I were forced to choose, I probably would choose the sour cream. Would choose sour cream? I would. Yeah, you're right. And what about sufganiyot? <laughs> oh, I love. I happen to know you also love sufganiyot. I do. I also love sufganiyot. I love uh, a sufganiyot with a filling inside. Um, I love the jelly. I love a Boston cream, chocolate, whatever. The Bavarian cream in there too. But I also am a, a purist in some ways. I love a jelly donut. Jelly donut. I love a jelly donut. Yeah, unfortunately, at Hanukkah, you end up with a lot of stale donuts lurking around. because Not if you've done it properly. Well, timing is everything, <laughs> as they say. They, they do say that, timing being everything. Um, but I am excited. Um, you know that uh, Crustile over there uh, makes a really good Sufganiyot. Not to, uh, nobody's sponsoring this or anything like that, but uh, big big fan of good Sufganiyot uh, coming out here for Hanukkah. So I'm excited. Well, we're getting into a stretch of time. Remember, it wasn't wasn't so long ago that... We serve lunch at Bethel every single day. That's right. Um, yeah. And in the stretch of Hanukkah, in the stretch of Hanukkah, there would be latkes and sufganiyot every day. Every day, you could have latke every day for lunch, dinner, breakfast, sufganiyot for dessert every time. Uh, Those were the days, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The, a bygone, bygone era. Um, but of course, you know the reason we eat these delicious foods. Uh, here in Hanukkah time is because of the oil, right? So, Rabbi, you and I recently attended the USCJ, the United Synagogue, uh, convening here in Baltimore. Uh, had an opportunity to be with uh, many of our colleagues from across the country and across the world as well. And your good friend, Rabbi Joshua Kulp, gave a talk about Hanukkah and the origins of Hanukkah and whether or not it was true that the rabbis 
tried to suppress the um, idea of the Hasmonean military victory mm -hmm. uh, in favor for the story for the oil. Yep. That's interesting. It I, is. Mi I missed that session, so what did Josh say? <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to get to the whole thing, but the uh, idea is uh, probably not. I don't think. I don't think he believes that rabbis tried to suppress the story. There's a lot of other things to talk about Hanukkah because it is not a biblical holiday. Right. Um, all of our information about it comes from sort of later sources. Um, the primary one being the Gemara, of course, but also this text Migilat Taanit, uh, which uh, does talk about Hanukkah at length. Um, uh, and it's uh, interesting sort of what they say, but, um, you know, the idea in, from the Gemara, uh, the rabbis seem to suggest that Hanukkah really is uh, about this idea of the, the miracle of the, the oil, right? Um, but the text itself is kind of interesting because it's not, um, you know, it says uh, that they're looking for uh, what to, to, to light. It's not that there is no oil. Right? There's actually no menorah hmm. when Hanukkah, when they're rededicating the, the temple. There's no menorah in there. They have to fabricate one because the one that was in there was stolen or defiled in some way. They had to recreate a new menorah. Um, so the oil, the idea of the oil, you know, that there, there was oil, uh, whether or not lasts for eight days, that's, you know, your thoughts on this, this miracle? I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, so, you know, I, I tend to look at things... I, I tend to see, so there's a, a, a kind of mythic story, um, and then the question is, what is the mythic story coming to teach us? Why is it there? What can we, what can we learn from it? So particularly with, with Hanukkah um, and the sense of the miracle of bringing light into the world, how does, how does that happen? There's a, there's a, a famous uh, well-known kushia about the, the story of the miracle, which, which goes something like this. If um, the first night they had the oil, right? Because so the way the story goes, they had a cruise of oil that would burn for one night, and then the miracle was that it burned for the rest of the nights, for a total of eight nights. But that means the first night was not a miracle. So why don't we only light the menorah for seven nights? Because it was seven nights that was the miracle. Yeah, right, right. And, and a traditional answer to that is um, that the, the miracle, the real miracle, was that a, a person, a human being, thought had enough hope during a dark time to set aside a vial of oil um, and to leave it there for someone to find it. Um, and so in that sense, the miracle of Hanukkah is not so much that oil burned for X number of days, but it's that there was hope in the human heart. Um, and, and it reminds us that we, in our own lives, can bring light into the world. The question is, how do we do that? But the menorah, the lighting, the Hanukkah, and the growing light each night reminds us that we have the ability to do it. Yeah, that's such a beautiful idea um, that somebody had to think to light this, you know, menorah. And, um, you know, alluding to what you said about the, the dark times, certainly that, you know, time of the rebellion was a dark time for the Jewish people, uh, not just because of external forces, but also because of internal forces uh, in some ways as well. Um, but I think there's a lot of parallels kind of to what's happening today in our world, you know, that's so broken uh, for so many ways. And... It is a question, how do we bring light into this broken world? And I, there's no better time to talk about it than, than now. And uh, the symbol of the Hanukkiah, or the menorah, um, I don't think was accidental that the rabbis insisted we put it in the window. You know, this idea of piercing the Misa, this, this sure. publicizing the miracle, um, isn't just for us. 
right? It's for everybody who walks by. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you think there are ways we can bring light into this world now that? Well, I, yeah, of course. I mean, I think I think ways sort of big and small. You know, um, just to sort of sidetrack for one second is thinking about the timing of the holiday. And we we're talking about it just before we went on the air with the twenty fifth twenty fifth of Kislev, and um, and if you if you think about that and you remember that as Jews we live our lives by a lunar calendar, not a solar calendar. So what's really going on um, in terms of the lighting of the Hanukkah is that you get to the 25th of Kislev, which, because it's at the end of the month, will be a dark night. There will be no moon or, if any, very little moon, maybe a sliver of a moon in the sky. So it will be a dark night. Um, and because of the timing year in, in the year, it will be one of the longest nights of the year. So in one of the longest nights of the year, one of the darkest nights of the year, the tradition comes to you and says, make light, make light. So then to your question, how do we do that? You know, I, yesterday I, I had a couple of different meetings and it just struck me. Um, in, in one meeting there was one act of kindness that someone told me about. In another meeting there was a different act of kindness. One act of kindness was pretty simple. It was just someone who does a lot of nice mitzvahs by picking people up and schlepping them around. People need <laughs> it's a big mitzvah. Right? Yeah. People need rides. They need to get to the doctor. They need to get to the grocery store, whatever it is. And this fellow, who's, who's a longtime beloved member of the shul, he, he goes around. He picks them up. He takes them here. He takes them there. He doesn't think anything, anything of it. Truth is, it's a, big, it's a big mitzvah, and it brings a lot of light into their lives. And then later in the day, yesterday, I met with a, a couple, and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary. They were married later in life. They're telling me about their, their children and their grandchildren. And they told me that one of their grandchildren just adopted a baby. And the baby came with all sorts of service. It had a, a cleft palate. It had other issues that will make, particularly its early years, really, really challenging and really difficult. And yet, this young person said, I want this baby to be part of my life. I see that there are challenges here. I'm willing to help the baby meet these challenges and to try to help the baby build a meaningful life. Now, that's a big thing. You know, that's a big thing. Um, but it's just there's kindness in the world everywhere. It's hard during dark times to remember that. Um, and people bring light all the time into the world, every single day, in a million different ways. Again, some big and some small. Sometimes I think that people don't realize that they do bring light into other people's lives. I agree you know, with that. And that yes. yes. I think it's something good for us always to sort of remember. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a uh, comment. I think it's the Ibn Ezra who says that, Hanukkah is a time, you know, so like all of our holidays, our major uh, regalim are pilgrimage festivals, right? Really based on the land and agriculture. Hanukkah is not that unless you believe that Hanukkah is really Sukkot. And that's a different story. And we can talk about that another <laughs> time. Um, Esoteric in that. Yeah, one. right. <laughs> but um, I think it's the Ibn Ezra. I think he says that Hanukkah is a time for spiritual harvest, mm. right? That we, we use Hanukkah as a time to sort of gather this light for us that will help keep us strong in these dark months until we get to Pesach, right? That we use this, this spiritual harvest that we gather during Hanukkah time that will last us. And, and, and by the time, you know, it sort of expires, it'll be Pesach time and we'll be able to, you know, rejoice there. And I've always thought that that's such like a lovely idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I think we're about ready to wrap up here out of time. Rabbi, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon to talk a little bit about Hanukkah. My great pleasure. You have been listening to the Ritual Realities uh, podcast here on the Bethel Podcast Network. You can find our shows wherever you go to listen to your favorite podcasts. 
Remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms, including, but not limited to, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for the tag Beth L. Balto. Thanks so much for listening, and l'chaim. L'chaim. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach.